Welcome to The Ether. Today is Saturday, April 2nd, 2022. This episode of The Ether is brought to you by Glow Yield. Glow Yield is the ecosystem of Terra decentralized apps like Lotto and Creators, all powered by DeFi Yields. Glow Creators helps artists and influencers give their fans exclusive perks through membership, NFTs, and more. Glow Lotto is a prize link savings account with a weekly chance to win the big jackpot. Tickets are free and perpetual, which means there's zero chance to lose money. Be sure to follow Glow Yield on Twitter and join the Discord community to stay up to date with all all the glowing projects and check them out online at glowyield.com. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, the IBC Gang Lounge. What the fought? B fought? G fought? S fought? Take a shot every time Haas says osmosis. Let's take a listen. Hey, what's up? You got the tunes going, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Nice tunes. I like it. What'd you end up getting for lunch or dinner, I guess? Uh, um, so it was like a Mediterranean, like a little chicken rice bowl with like beans and avocado and cilantro jalapeno. Nice. Um, some other summary stuff. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, these fire rewards are amazing, man. Like I got, I literally go. Yeah, uh, I was just gonna say I just like put like a barely that much in the. I like I put my daily rewards into the LP, and I got like probably like a fourth of my rewards. You know what I mean? In the from the LP today, I, I was like, damn, that was crazy. Damn, bro. Yeah, that's that's what we're gonna talk about today. That fought because. Man, I, I don't know, man. I think there's something mysterious about this whole FOT thing. What if the whole game was to not do shit with your FOT and just keep it? <laughs> what if, dude? What if? I think that, like, the yeah, I, I like the I like it. I've, I've been, like, waiting for something like this to come to Cosmos for a long time. And, um, you know, I'm glad it's finally here so that we can play around with these, like, close to ponzi nomic type things it's definitely like a good distraction from all the fucking crazy shit that's happening in the world just <laughs> this mysterious fortis thing definitely i agree gives you something to look forward to each day i like that the yeah. epoch is like 
far away from osmosis epoch, you know? So it like gives you something to look forward to in the later part of the day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is what? Epoch is almost wait, was it like an hour ago? Yeah, it's at seven. Or, okay. It's uh yeah, for me. Well, perfect timing. Let's see what I got in rewards. Dang, the the APR is still at 2500 yeah i think the staking apr is going to be a little bit more um stable now that the lp is available most people are probably going into the lp so i was like hmm like maybe the maybe it'll stay a little bit more stable there because it started out at like four thousand when i got in and then it went down to 2500 pretty fast but yeah hopefully it stays here because i like this Mm -hmm. hey what's up uh terra spaces if you want to talk just like request your request mic so your rewards for staking GFOT, they're paid in FOT, right? Or BFOT? Yeah, I think all the rewards are paid in FOT. FOT, yeah. okay. Yeah, from staking and from LP. Huh. 0.29 FOT is what I got today. 0.295 FOT? 0.29 FOT, yeah. Yeah, and then you change that to like 2B FOT, right? Or something like that. You burn it. Yeah, you burn it. From fat to be fat. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. The... What, Tricky? What'd you get? The move, There was definitely one pool that was... It gave more rewards than the other. Did you do both, Clay, or just, just the one? No, I just gave the one because I didn't have any USG. Why? Which one gave more? The UST. The UST hmm. one. Dude, I'm t- I was telling you, dude, it was being really funky yesterday, and that daily percentage rate was like going from 2% to 4% to 30%. And I think that it was like that for one of them, but not for both of them. That's what it's looking mm-hmm. like. Yep. Yeah, I wonder if anybody else has any strategies they want to just share, or if they have some alpha that we don't know about. Come up to the come up here and uh, request to speak. Yeah, what the fuck? Come up here come and share. Yeah, come on, guys. Come on, come on. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's it's a fun thing to do. I like it. I wonder what else they're gonna pull out of there because they keep coming out with stuff like you know every day. It seems like. So, yeah. Hey, oh great. hey hey guys! By the way, uh, Chev is connecting right now. He's um. He's working with Omniflix. He's head of growth advisor for another, I think, another project too. Um, got spare, but yeah, he works with Omniflix. So let's welcome him. He's connecting. His profile picture looks like The Rock, like he's in the mic singing. Can you smell? You <laughs> <laughs> right, Eric. What's up, dude? You got some alpha for us or what? No, dude, I was hoping to get some alpha because I don't even know if I'm doing the right thing with this whole thing. Like, I just, I claim it and then I have to burn it to BFOT and then I burn it again to GFOT and then I just stake it again. And then I don't know if that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'm I'm wanting to hear, or maybe we should screen share and show people what to do. That's one thing that you can LP now. I, I remember seeing it. I don't know who Timmy was talking to, but they were telling him that like the liquidity wasn't going to be open for a long time. 
because he said he was like saving for liquidity pools for that. And they were like, no, it won't be open for a long time. So then he was like, kind of like rethinking his strategy, but it sounds like they're open now. Hmm. They're going to close them, you said? No, that like, you saying that he was, he was saving up, he wasn't staking it because he was getting ready uh, to provide liquidity, but someone told him that wasn't going to be for like another three or four months, they thought, but apparently not. Uh, I yeah, it came out pretty quick. Yeah. And they were, there was a there's a problem with the rewards on the LP side and like they came out and were like addressing it really fast so that was really cool too. Hey Jeff, what's up? Welcome, dude. You're on mute, Jeff. How you doing, guys? Jeff. Hey. Good. Sorry, I'm having doing, like a really terrible connection issue, so hopefully you can hear me, okay? Yeah. Yeah. You got a strategy you want to share with us for the fat or some alpha, dude? I, I was talking to you earlier. It sounded like you knew what a, you knew a little bit about it. Yeah, I, I started following it like uh, pretty like pretty close to when it just came out, and I'm kicking myself for not buying a bunch of a bunch of the one that was like fifty cents, like right after the first jump up. But um, oh. it's it's really interesting project. I mean, I figure at least you know if it's going to be a rug pull, at least we're good through April fourteenth when the atom airdrop happens. But uh, um, you know, I, I don't. I'm hoping that's not though. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel too bad if, if it was a rug pull. I've only got like two Junos that I that I've actually like put into liquidity, so I'm not super concerned about it. That's the thing. It's you know, it looks it's an awesome like concept, and you know, you just can't put more money than you can afford to lose. Yeah, it was fifty cents at one point. That's yeah. insane. <laughs> Second or third day, it was like 50 cents. I know Apocopotamus down there is laughing at the world right now ever since FOT uh, started. He's, uh, I know he's like an expert at it. I wish he'd come up and, and talk about it with he's everybody. Laughing. They're looking at him. <laughs> yep, he's laughing. Oh, shit, here he goes. But yeah, it's crazy, you know. Like, Yo, what's up, guys? Hey, I, I got to gotta get uh, ready real quick. Uh, I'm taking my dog on a walk, but then I'll... Uh, unmute my mic and I'll talk. You got some alpha, bro, or what? <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been having fun, <laughs> dude. He's been trailblazing the way. All right, I'll put... this is this is the fat wheel right oh, here. Yeah, bro, just give you uh, like five minutes, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll uh, unmute myself. All right, sounds good. He, he looks like a guy that would have alpha. Look at his profile picture; it's like all like secretive and That's shit. That's a pretty sweaty little chody. <laughs> with the, with the, oh yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to give one of these guys away too. So uh Oh what yeah. did the what did the price go to today? I think it shot up to like seven fifty, right? That's the last time I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Clay, and then some people dumped. And then <laughs> yeah. right as the rewards came out, it dumped down to like six or right before it looked yeah, like and then, and then so a bottom is high for a little bit. Was it was it seven fifty was the top or was it different? It was like seven forty nine, seven fifty, and then it went down to like four eighty or so right after the rewards came out. That's like exactly what Osmosis did as a coin when it first came out. It went all the way to seven, and then it dumped all the way down to two. Basically, what what this just did, you know what I mean? Or like, I wonder if we're gonna see like two. You know what I mean? That would be cool. But and then like a slow rise up back to five, like it was with Osmosis. That would be badass. Oh shoot, bro! Before I forget, I'm gonna set up that giveaway bot um, so that people can um, participate and earn or winning one of the, one of those B fots. Let me put a link to the top here so people can go to our Discord. We're not endorsing this project, by the way. We're we're just having fun with it. So, 
Yeah, it seems like a big experiment, like, what are people going to do type of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess uh, I would like a full audit, like, if someone, like, reputable came out and said, yeah, I looked at the code and it looks fine, you know? <laughs> that would be really cool, but I don't know if we'll get that anytime soon. Everybody's so busy. All right, I'm, out, I'm outside now. What's up, guys? What's up, dude? Dude, why did you get, what 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 attracted you to that project? Let's let's start there. Oh, oh, fought. It was just uh, <laughs> I just like literally as soon as I saw um, uh, just the whole like medium and page about it, and just seeing like the arbitrage and like uh, the stable coin, I was just like, oh, this is at least going to be interesting. So I should probably like pay attention. I didn't get in as soon as I wanted to, but I did. I did like put in a nice little chunk at like seventy-seven cents. So I'm pretty happy. Dang! Oh yeah, very happy, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'm, su- I'm super happy. It honestly, it kind of changed my life for like the the short term. So I'm just kind of just trying to ride the wave and just uh, you know cash out every day play around with it a little bit and just see how far it goes you know dude that's oh yeah so cool <laughs> yeah, yeah right uh it's it's super interesting to like i don't know if you guys saw the uh don cryptonium like ep- uh, youtube uh, episode he did with uh gem yes. one of yes. the yeah yeah it was super interesting seeing like that most of the founders aren't really even like developers like I know Jem's like an architect and like one of the main other guys is like a neuroscientist. Yeah, like they got some some crazy backgrounds. Um, yeah, yeah. I I still need to do some more research on it. I was like in a, another space earlier like I know Clay was in there too. And uh Rarma, I was trying to search myself. Uh-huh. I, the only thing that I found weird was that one of the founders, the guy Jem he apparently his only job ever, according to LinkedIn, is this company. So, and given that he's probably seems to be like in his late thirties, early forties, it sounds a little weird to me. Right. Well, it, you know, uh, he does definitely. It definitely seems like he's not like in the. I mean, he might be in Europe or like he's definitely not like Turkey. It says. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, I mean, I could see that. I've I've met a lot of people who are. I'm just like, wow, like you literally have no background and yet here you are talking to all these people that have experience in these industries. Like, how did you get here? And it's like, sometimes they just like, kind of like, just don't go like the mainstream way about things. And it just kind of seems. There's nothing even on his LinkedIn about like any kind of job history other than this. So I just, I mean, say, I mean, I work in the cannabis industry too. So like my LinkedIn, like I, like I literally, I have like, now like a six-year like just dead zone of job experience just because i'm like i'm not gonna put that on my linkedin and some people also have kind of like private contracting jobs that they don't put on their linkedin so who knows oh that's true yeah yeah like i know a lot of people who are just like they have pretty good experience but there's like i i'd never put that on like my public profile ever so what's your strategy, bro? What are you doing with your with your five? What, what are you doing with it? Tell us. All right. 
So <laughs> run, run us down from the beginning. Run us down from the so very you, beginning. So, so you buy at 77 cents. <laughs> so I buy at 77 cents. I stake it all. All of it. All of it. All of it. Okay. Oh, yeah. All of it. And then uh, basically, when, well, since, so when I first started, it was just, you know, the uh, grand module and the, the burn module. So basically, all I could do was just, you know, turn the B fought into G fought stake that and just get the rewards the cool thing about gfot now that the stable module is out is that not only do you get bfot but if the price of one sfot is greater than one usp then uh they need to print out more sfot to maintain the dollar peg and I'm, uh Loving the clearance on the GFOT too. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. So what's cool about GFOT is not only does it uh, give you exposure to to BFOT or to FOT, excuse me, which you can burn to BFOT, but it also gives you exposure to SFOT when uh, the peg is off. So that that kind of just like if if you just want like if you already have some GFOT and you don't want to put any more money in. You just want to kind of like increase your exposure to the like stable pools. Then what I I just started doing was I would just burn all my thought and just take half of half of uh half of uh my B thought turn it into USD and then the G thought that I uh that I would like unbond or or I would turn that. B fought that I had back in the G fought, and then just turn that into S fought, and then just use those in the pools. Looking back, the best way to go about it would have probably been to just stick everything in the in the liquidity pool initially, because that's been like hovering around thirty five, forty percent like daily APY uh, since the beginning, almost. Yeah, that's that's seriously the first. Uh, so like that's how I first got my exposure to it. I like I put it in the liquidity pool. And then saw it was like seventy seven cents, and it was like I was like, oh, okay, I need to put like take half of my money out of this and just put it all into into B fought. So lucky I legend. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, you know, that's fucking yolo. Are you talking yeah, like, about the uh, S fought USD pool? Is that what you're talking about? No, no the one. Uh, 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 yeah, no, no swap. Ahead. Yeah, oh, Juno swap. Okay. B fought. I was in the B fought Juno swap. Like one of the, I just saw that Fortis tweeted something about it. I was just like, oh, I gotta get in here like today. I think when they when they release the rewards for that, they're doing like over the course of a week or something like that, where they're doing like ten percent for over ten days, and they'll get they get ten percent of the rewards each each day. Kind of like the same as the airdrop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Did you guys uh, see Jem's uh, tweet about the? He said he pointed. I think it was like four or five pools, and he said, "Hey, this is a kind of like a tip." Yeah. For guys... Oh, go ahead. No, you said. I think he said it was for arbitrage. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So if you, if you, because uh, the epochs are different, like, uh, uh, like on Juno or Fortis, like it's at. I don't know. For me, it's like five. 5 p.m. in the afternoon. And then you have the epoch uh, on osmosis zone that's going to be happening. So you can just pull up both of those. 
and they're gonna there's gonna be different prices so you're gonna be able to uh just you know like pull out both the uh like both judo swap and osmosis zone and see the prices between like ust and osmo and then be fought uh ust and then be fought juno and just kind of like move funds through there it's kind of it's like a I need to do more research on it, but Rarma, I don't know if you follow if you guys follow Robo, but he was explaining this morning that it's kind of like an easy way to get like a one-time leverage on the uh, USD and S spot that you have. The way I was doing it yesterday, I, I basically I kind of played around with it a little bit, and I was basically buying. Uh, I would take the the S spot, and that had a higher value than the Terra the UST. So I would convert it to the UST uh, after, and then push it out to Juno Swap, and then in Juno Swap I would basically buy the SFOT or the BFOT again, and then bring the BFOT back in, and then just complete the loop. And it, it, but it's like you know, depending on how many you buy at a time, for every like ten or so BFOT you make like uh, like eighty cents to a dollar. So it's like yeah, yeah, no, I guess that was like what one twenty two. So it was just like really easy to just turn that spot back into UST. Yeah, just keep, just keep looping that back and forth. If you could compare it to a different type of like mechanism, what would you guys compare this thing to? Because for me, it's just crazy. I would like, I would explain it as like, and so you know, like most pyramid schemes, how it's kind of like from the bottom up. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of like. It's uh, our like it's inf- our Ponzi. It's our Ponzi. Yeah, yeah. Instead of the infrastructure being like, hey, let's screw these people over, it's more like it starts raining down from the top of the pyramid, and 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 instead of just you know exiting on one group of people, it just kind of keeps flowing back and forth. Although he did uh, say it's designed to like collapse upon itself at the, at the end of the day because the system is designed to destroy itself and like make everybody. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, for sure. He, what, what did he give it? A, I think they gave it like a five to six year timeline. Yeah, something like that. They already gave it a timeline. That's pretty funny. <laughs> they're they're super smart people. People, if you guys are ever curious about like any of the like uh, mechanics behind some any of it, just go to their Telegram or Discord and just just ask. I'm trying to get some of the some of the formulas because. I'm a little interested on some of the math that's going going on, but a lot of it's like just over my head. There's like a one hour interview with him. Uh, some guy on on YouTube interviewed him for like 45 minutes or an hour, and that was like really informative. Yeah, yeah, I think it was uh, Don or or whatever. So yeah. the max the max Dan supply Kirtonian. of five. Oh my bad. Oh no, that's all good, bro. Um. The the max supply of FOD is a hundred million is what I'm looking at, um, and then the max supply of BFOD is the it's kind of blurry, but correct me if I'm wrong. It's five five billion, the max supply. Of, yeah, it's like a few billion. It's a few billion, like six or five billion. It's it's basically six billion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The max supply of GFOD is a hundred thousand. And then SFOT is just like a stable currency obtained by burning GFOT can be used as collateral. Hmm. Yeah, I still need to do a little bit of research on the, the dungeons that's going on. 
know if you guys read anything about that. All like the what even schools. is that? I, I, I honestly think like it's like more that? like a treasury. So like everything kind of needs to like flow back into itself. And you know, kind of how like when you pour like water into a, a bunch of cups, but if you like kind of like stack them on each other, like one cup fills up and then the next cup fills up. Yep. Yeah, I think it's honestly kind of like that. Just like a liquidity, like transfer system kind of like on the on the lowest level of it just to keep everything like liquid <laughs> I still, this stuff I, is fucking nuts dude <laughs> yeah i honestly honestly think these people are like conducting some kind of like experiment and like we think that we're getting the value like because you know we're getting all this like cash but honestly, like they're they're getting something out of it. Like these these are really smart people. They're doing this for a purpose. You know, like some people like create like a system like this, especially in crypto. Their purpose is to like screw people over, and you know, like that gives you a one time value. You know, but th- this is like they're. I feel like their their value is like human. They're trying to figure out what humans are up to, like are do in a system like this. I I just find it kind of weird that they would give, give people already a timeline of how long it's going to last. But I like the honesty that I do appreciate that they're being honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you can model things, and if you don't want people to get hurt, and it is an experiment. I mean, it, and you and you're you're smart enough, and you model these things out. I mean, it is. You can give people a rough timeline. I mean, even fiat currencies, like they have, like what's the, what's the timeline on on most fiat currencies? It's only like a few decades. Yeah, Tricky, like what's your strategy? Dude, my strategy, right? I I learned from Apocopotamus. I hit him up in the DMs the other day, and I was like, dude, what do I do? <laughs> um, yeah, basically, getting all my thought. Turn into G five at first, staking it in that pool, and then just like compounding those rewards. And now with the stable modules out, I kind of split between both pools. Um, but from the rewards yesterday, I think it's a little like it was crazy. Though there was some definitely some crazy like daily APR from the stable modules. So I think that's the play right now. Is more uh, more focus on there until more people figure it out and start putting their their thought in there. Yeah, you can really focus on like uh, like certain things. Like one play is just like the easy play, just like just just stake your G fought and just get that that fought every day. Get that beef and turn into B fought, and just you know just cash out. Or like right now, it's really like the arbitrage play is just like get as much S spot as possible, and whenever that thing hits like above a dollar and ten cents. And you see UST still like maintaining its peg. We'll just convert all that into UST. I feel like if this is something that we got Sefi to realize what's going on, he would probably degen into it and then just turn it all into Luna. He'd probably freak out right now. He'd be like, wait, the way there's another way of getting free Luna. He's all about <laughs> getting free Luna. I, I I wish, yeah, that he could actually like um just uh, like dissect this whole thing and see if there's a good strategy that he could share with us, or maybe he already right. knows. 
about it. Safi, yeah, welcome yeah. to speak if you already know what we're talking about here. Yeah, I feel like the just like literally the 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 simplest one is just like get get that S spot. Just when you, whenever you see it being overvalued versus uh, UST, and the easiest thing is to just swap that back into UST. There you go. You just made some gains. Super simple. You don't got to stress out about anything. And you know, it's like just you just kind of just wait for for that wave to happen. You just wait for the S spot to push up and just. Just swap it to USD. All right, guys, give me a little primer here. What are we talking about? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's the hell, bro? <laughs> do what? Like, what buttons do I push? Yo, I got Steffi. I gotta tell you, uh, are you on? You're on Stock Twits, right? Yeah, I yeah. Ask you this. Okay, so you're you're honestly the person that got me to join crypto Twitter. Well, actually, someone else there got me to join Crypto Twitter too, so it wasn't so <laughs> join the club. <laughs> it was like I like only did like I only did stocks, and I I was like I got interested in like helium mining, and then I somehow somebody told me about DVPN, so I bought okay. some Adam, and then then I saw you uh, talking about Luna in there, and so I I was like, all right. So my first two things that I bought were some Luna, and some DVPN, and Adam. That's funny. There's like a, there's like a today, like on stock twits on the Luna page, there's like a circle jerk going on where people are like, Oh, thank you for telling me about Luna when it was like $5. And I was like, all right, it's cool. <laughs> you know, like everybody's pointing at everybody else. Like, no, you, you were the one that, that told me about Luna. They're like, Holy fuck. I made millions. And like, uh, where do I get you some beers and shit like that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> nice. dude. Well, hell yeah, bro. Hopefully so, it's always good when someone wins, you know? Yeah, Bran. We're, <laughs> we're super lucky. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Have you heard of anything about uh, Fortis? On Gmail? um, I've heard the name. Like, let me hold on. Let me. So, where do I go to play on here? Fortis Market or wait, no, that's that's a restaurant. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, well, the the safest way is uh, just go to their Twitter, Fortis. Uh, if you just type Fortis, you'll see like a weird word called like oh what's it called? What's how is it's it up, pronounced? It's up here in the top if you want to click on their on their profile. I pinned it. Yeah, take yeah. take a look at it, Seth, and see what you think about this Ponzi dynamics. Fortis, let's see here. It's like um, Oceanic. Something oh, like that. Fortis Oceanomia. <laughs> Yeah, Okonomia. Okonomia. It's fun to just mispronounce it, you know. Economia. Or maybe the little O is like just a decoration with a little Saturn thing. I think it's Latin, dude. I think it's Okonomia. Uh, which yeah, is basically like related that. to economy. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Yep like reading like hieroglyphics and shit here let me see uh okay so let me get to their site here <laughs> it's, and, uh, so so what's the concept of it what are you supposed to be doing like it's basically just a, uh just a, a big mechanism of you know like burning one asset uh to mint another one uh and then there's like uh like levels of like staking uh there's a stable module along with it um yeah, it's basically it. It's kind of like a little pyramid. So at the top of the pyramid, there's a uh, thought. And so, uh, the way, you, uh-huh. So what is the, um, like, what is the primary reason for the existence of this thing? Like, um, it, does it, like, 
is there a service it provides? Is it like ultimately I'll, like some sort of decks? What is it? To, I feel I feel like uh, like the blanket term. I'd be like just to leverage your your any like like a value like uh just the, just the asset that you buy into it. To me, it looks like it's like a mechanism to maintain the like the stability of their stable coin. Okay, so it's so it's a stable of some kind because you get fought right, and then with fought you can burn it to be fought, and then with that you can either sell it on Juno Swap or you can burn it into G fought, and then from G fought you have the ability to stake it uh, for the daily rewards, or you can sell that for S fought. And then on the stable module, they have a liquidity pool uh, for BFOT and SFOT that you can get rewards for, or SFOT and UST. So and you guys are like minting a bunch of money with this, or like it's working out for you, or what? Yeah, yeah, it's relatively new. We like we don't really know what any of this is for, but basically, it's like ten to twenty percent daily percentage rate, like interest rates that everyone's just printing money on right now. So for you, your use case would be free Luna. For us, it's free other stuff. But and so you ex your guy, you guys are exiting to what UST out of this little yeah box. Yeah, <laughs> or that or Juno. Juno. <laughs> huh. Um, there are like a shit ton of diagrams on here. It's like going back to college, man. Yeah. The the thing we thought that would interest you is the just, white paper uh, is crazy. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I had to take some Adderall before I read. I read that. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm gonna need to do the same thing. <laughs> the, the thing we thought that would interest you uh, is like the just the stable module part, uh, just because they have S spot and that's their they're trying to maintain it to like just you know a dollar peg, and there's a you know like an S spot UST pool, and then there's a B spot S spot pool. But what's cool about it is it's giving you arbitrage opportunities uh, between S spot and UST right now. So, so we're like, Fortis, oh. Fortis right now is the, what, like what platform is this on? It's on Juno? Uh, Juno, yeah, Juno. Okay. And the, so the main decks that you interact with on Juno right now is what? Uh, Juno Swap. Juno Swap. So, so in order to like play games on this thing, you've got to be, bring in what, UST into Juno and then playing on, this yeah, site. And, uh, yeah, so just uh, swap some like UST to BFOT. Okay. It's like one of the lower tokens. And then uh, then you can enter the app through their, uh, through their Twitter handler handle. Excuse me. So I guess, but on Juno, like what's like, why is this thing hot shit? Like, is, is it just because the rates are interesting and people just messing around or does yeah, it have a, I've, I mean, a like, serious I, like, use case? Like I like I said earlier, it's honestly just a fun way to leverage leverage any like cash flow that you have. I mean, okay. yeah, like their 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 main thing is the stable coin, but I mean, really, like all you're doing is leveraging your your BFOT, staking that, to, so that you can get a higher reward off of it off of it. Like leverage that value to get more value off of it. Okay, and then you can burn that again to get. Uh, a stable asset that you can use when art, like when the value of everything else, you know, is, is so volatile. Just for reference, besides uh, this little game right here, um, uh -huh. <laughs> what else? Uh, what other kind of compelling stuff's happening on Juno? 
Oh, let's see here. Let me look, go to their let me go to their Discord. Like, have you guys had um, any real good opportunities there, or what? What are you guys doing on there? Well, you like, just, and you just have, you only need Kepler for Juno, right, to play on Juno? Yeah, yeah. And uh, or Cosmos Station. Okay. Yeah, there's really not like the, a lot of it's being built out right now. Mainly, we're staking it for the like hundred percent APR compounding, um, and then like Juno Swap is like we're waiting for the liquidity rewards on that one. And then the big one is going to be Strange Clan, as far as like being able to play with your assets and like use them. But yeah, a lot of it's being built out because it's so brand new. But this is yeah. one of the first things, and it's making us a lot of money, so that's why it's very intriguing. Got it, got it. <laughs> but yeah, basically, Juno is just going to be kind of like a home for dApps that want to run on Cosmosm. So like they were saying right now, there's not a lot. But uh, I think like there's Juno Swap, obviously. Um, they have, they've started their decentralized name service. Um, the Passage Marketplace is on Juno for the Strange Clan. Um, there's a few other things, too. But actually, Sefi, I forgot to tell you when you were on our show... A little while back, I did buy you uh, Cephi for the uh, Juno name service. So, let's go. <laughs> okay. When, when I can't transfer it, I got to give it to you. Time to go play on. Time to go play on <laughs> Juno with that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> the uh, well, thank you. <laughs> um, no, I the uh, yeah, I hadn't figured out yet. Like for Juno, um, you know what would be considered the uh, like preeminent. Uh, use case there obviously um so the smart contract well uh, by the way on a separate note slightly little tangent here but have you guys heard anything new regarding um shared security stuff with the with the the atom token yet anything new there yeah uh, have you heard like horcrux been working on that you mean like the Harry Potter thing? What are we saying? <laughs> uh, yeah. is for Horcrux is for validator scalability. That's actually okay. going to be really cool too. But uh, for shared security, they're actually, I'm not sure if it's this data upgrade or the one that's going to be coming afterwards, but the first version of shared security um, should be coming. And what it'll do is it'll allow chains to launch off of Atom um, and solely rely on the, the security of uh, the, the Cosmos hub chain. And then okay. V3, once like V2 or V3, once that launches, that'll allow any chain to also lease security from the Cosmos up. So at first, it's going to be like exclusive chains, like the Quicksilver protocol. They're going to, they're launching with shared security. Um, so they okay. won't have a validator set at all. It'll just be the Cosmos sub uh, securing their, their chain per se. But then once like a few more versions come out, that'll be able to lease out that security to chains that already have their own validator set as well. So it's coming here pretty so, soon, but like in a couple phases. And like this Quicksilver thing as an example, like what does it do? So you'll actually love it. It's kind of like uh, Prism. So what it does is it allows all state Cosmos assets to become liquid. So it'll give you like a Q atom is what it is. Um, but instead of having to like <laughs> unstake it and then go put it into some protocol, it just immediately gives you the Q atom representation from your staked validator. So like, say you uh, have however many valid, like, you know, Luna already staked um, to whatever validator. Once Quicksilver enables Luna, you'll just be able to boop, get a Q Luna representation and then go put in Anchor. Huh. And then, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. Uh, huh. And so, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, the kind of uh, sell for them is like, they can, you're able to 
get derivatives of staked assets without having to put it in like some separate protocol like persistence or prism it's just native to like the chain still so like yes mm. you're gonna have to use a like a separate protocol to make it happen but you don't have, you can still keep those staked assets on chain rather than go into like a separate protocol. so it's basically leveraging the ability of ibc and kind of creating a sort of uh sort of ibc use case essentially is that what this is doing yeah exactly okay and it's just gonna like like still be able to secure all the chains still get staking rewards but then still go play DeFi. okay no and the reason i'm kind of on this tangent is i was just trying to figure out so there's obviously tarot with smart contracts um and um somewhat modest ibc capability sort of at the moment uh then there's uh of course osmosis whose primary job is a dex i'm not sure what other little shenanigans that sunny is like moving on to as far as adding capabilities on that chain um and then there's juno um and then is persistence also a full small smart contract platform or are they like what are they at this point persistence is going to be kind of like a prism so like you'll put your atom into persistence and then you get a okay PDF. But what's persistence is doing is they're gonna they have like a partnership starting with anchor where you can take that b atom oh they're the ones bringing b atom anyway yeah but yeah, yeah. I, so that but is that the entire purpose of the persistence chain is to yeah. issue some sort of but then how is that different than the one you just mentioned uh, exactly so there's going to start to be competition with it so it's different because oh, okay. persistence you have to take your, you have to unstake your atom give it to persistence they stake it to like 10 chosen validators that they choose um, Quicksilver, like I said, literally you stake whoever you stake to, and then you just like load up, sync up with their protocol. They say, okay, you have Adam sync delegated to this, these validators, whatever. Here's all your Q Adam, go use it in Anchor. So it's a little different, like, you know, mechanism. I think Quicksilver has the advantage because it's a lot easier and right. it's better for <clears throat> like the validator set because the, all of the, uh, the staked assets will be spread out through the entire set rather than you know, kind of focused on 10 validators, which is going to kind of centralize a little bit of that delegation. Interesting. Um, but it, like, it also just makes it easier for people to do that, to use their liquid assets in DeFi and not have to wait the 21 days or whatever. Um, and it just like decreases another like failure point attack vector because you didn't go into another protocol. It's just still all native, still on chain. Okay. So like of all of these developments happening, because I've had a hard time really spending a whole lot of time, you know, figuring out what's actually going on in the various Cosmos chains. I just haven't been playing with them. I've been so like Terra focused and kind of, uh, you know, just drilling into those details. I didn't really, you know, jump into much of anything really. Um, I barely use Kepler for that matter. Like I just <laughs> kind of like, I use it to the extent that I've used, sometimes I yield divert some of my Atom if I need uh, some cash flow for you know buying something or whatever, but I don't, I don't really have a lot of interactions with um, all the various uh, IBC pro projects. So I see the names popping up one after the other, and I'm like, holy shit! I'll, like I probably got to figure out what these things do at some point or the other. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but at the same time, it's like uh, I, I'd rather, in some ways, I'd rather know. Um, how to do a few things really well then as opposed to being like moderately good at you know lots of random things yeah. so sometimes it's not clear to me 
like where I should uh, direct my attention in a way. Like, so of all of these various projects, like which, which ones are you guys thinking are like the elite, most interesting things with the greatest opportunities right now? Obviously Osmosis, Juno, I would say put in there too, um, Cosmos Hub. Um, and I feel like, I feel like I, where you're kind of like fighting with, is Juno going to be valuable? Cause you're like, okay, well you can kind of do these things in other places um so why juno is that kind of where you're you're stuck with juno um yeah sort of i i guess the 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 question always comes back to um yeah to me i I, my general thesis in DeFi is there's only so many things you can do with money right like you can you, you can you can lend it you can borrow off it right you can have some kind of yield off of it in that in this process and then you know basically the taking on of leverage you can trade it you can make uh money on dexes because you know transaction fees um at the end of the day like i feel like the things i want to be most most involved in are the things that have a clear revenue stream more than anything like Mm -hmm. uh like a dex for example you know there's fees on a dex and therefore those get paid out on the other hand like a lot of the inflationary rewards for lps and such um you know are going to have a tendency to you know suppress coin prices and such so it's always hard to do the math on some of those inflationary rewards but at least if there is some kind of fee value accrual mechanism um and especially if you're getting kind of early to these things uh, there you tend to be like favored, right? So the alpha really matters when it comes to these uh, platforms. But I'm I'm sort of increasingly looking for, uh, you know, use cases that are really big, where like some of these chains are maybe uh, like doing much better uh, than you know in other places. So I think one of them, I guess, which which is the one that's for NFTs um stargaze stargaze yeah like for example having an entire chain just for nft is interesting right because the um you know you could have the 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 base system of the chain be really like geared towards that it seems interesting and i don't know the first thing about it by the way like i barely know about nfts too so like (laughs) but it does seem to me that like my intuition is that like specializations is good because you know, your governance, your tokenomics, your entire chain is built to uh, specifically support a particular task. And it's really hard to be a jack of all trades and be particularly efficient at it. So that's kind of what I think the core value of the cosmos is, is not to repeat the same things on every chain, but to have specific chains they're really, really good at something. And then you can just basically go between assets with IBC is kind of my thinking. It, like, do you guys feel like that's the way things are developing on Cosmos or how do you see this? Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, cause it's kind of like the application specific blockchains for everything. Um, and like you, you said, like everybody's kind of finding their niche and kind of like digging into that like value accrual. It's actually a real value accrual, not just like, oh, hey, we're the jack of all trades. So every, anything that's ever built on this chain is going to bring us value. That just doesn't pan out like when you actually do it. Um, so I think we're we're starting to see some competition, like with persistence and Quicksilver. Like there are these niches that are needed, and they're gonna there's gonna be a winner. But we're actually starting to see competition and like multiple chains kind of spin up with that same use case. Um, so it's kind of like hedge your bets type thing right now. You kind of kind of 
you don't know. Yeah, I mean, to, like to me, it'd be very interesting if, like, uh, I don't know, an airline decided to, or, or frequent flyer mile group or something like that decided to spin up a Cosmos chain, and like actual corporate entities decided, you know what, we want to, we want to do this, and you know, Cosmos is the easiest way to spin up a chain, and the, you know, furthermore, it's even easier to spin up a chain uh, with Adam as the security model. And I'm just waiting for that big moment where something like that happens. Some some large entity decides to use Cosmos for their purposes. And that brings in all sorts of opportunities, you know, as far as like, I mean, even DVPN, I guess, is sort of that because you at least have some sort of service uh, that you can use. I guess Akash to some extent is that, right? Because you, but at the same time, like Akash, uh, it's really just like the coin, it's just the crypto of the system. but like not much is happening on chain, right? Like most of the activities are happening on uh, Kubernetes clusters or whatever on Akash. Mm -hmm. So some of the things like the chain is used to just create some kind of like token mechanism or um, it's like uh, a venture capital slash um, like fundraising tool maybe, and then maybe create a utility around the token. Others like DVPN, like I guess in DVPN's case, is it like, you're just paying for the services with the coin or what? Yeah. Like, so or is, think, there, is yeah. there a, is there, but d- or does the chain have some integral relationship to the actual VPN in some way? I could be wrong, but I think it's kind of the same like you said with the cash. Like they have like these little like DVPN hardware, uh, mm. little boxes where all the actually, the data is actually going on and the, the, mm. the blockchain kind of just uh, is the ledger. The ledger. Perfect. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, that seems a little bit less exciting than the ch- some sort of like chain-based function that's unique to blockchain that you could only do on a blockchain, right? Like maybe some kind of a, I don't know, accounting service or something like that would be, it seems like it would make sense. Or I don't know, some sort of functionality that, uh, that's what I enjoy about Terra because the, the UST Luna mechanism has an actual literal internet native product which other people can use and the use of that supports the tokenomics of the ecosystem. And it's just so few areas in DeFi or in crypto where I'm finding that that's the case. Um, it, it's, it's becoming harder and harder to find like that deterministic value mechanisms for things like, like for example, in Juno, like what's the token economic model looking like there? Like what's the story? Uh, Is it more, it's like mostly inflationary or what's the story there? So it's a hard cap with just high, it's a highly inflationary in the beginning. Um, it kind of mm-hmm. has like the same schedule as osmosis where it kind of does third things. Um, but it's kind of like, yeah, like I said, it's like really high loaded on the front end with inflation. So it's meant to be capped, but right now it's just kind of like we said, a hundred percent, you know, APY and stuff. So. So do you guys all have like Juno stake there and sort of park there and see what happens or what are you doing with that? Yeah. Do you know, like, yeah, Juno on stakes, Juno on osmosis, Juno on Juno swap um you know kind of just i think it's like really early you know to really right say it's going to be for sure um i think like the cool thing what they have is everywhere and there's cosmosm and every, that can be anywhere in, in the cosmos um like it's already like you know Terra was like the first one to do it um so it's not like they're doing something new like you said but what they what's different about them is it's permissionless so like anybody can just go there and kind of build something and spin it up to whereas like osmosis and cosmos hub and Terra like well, i kind thought of correct me if i'm wrong here but i thought a specific feature of Juno was that 
the and maybe I'm wrong, but uh, so you know on Terras, like Luna is a native um, coin, and the Terras are all considered native coins, and then a whole bunch of other stuff is considered like CW twenty tokens, right? Mm-hmm. I, I thought, if I'm not mistaken, that with Juno's case, uh, protocol coins actually are somehow that those are native coins almost like terras are is that is that correct or am i wrong yes. in that assertion yeah yeah they're all ibc enabled like right off the bat and they yeah they, so they that, don't control who can and can't make one like any literally anybody can make their own their own token because because they could do like a cw20 token which has like smart contract effects like value cruel and stuff like that you know sort of like how an x prism would or something right uh or or a you know luna x things like that coins that go up in value but they only work on chain you know you can't like take that and take it off chain because it doesn't make any sense like there's no way for uh-huh. the you know there's no for there's no way for an oracle to work off chain with something like that so yeah that was my whole understanding with juno is like that's the difference is that the one thing it does differently is you can spin up any coin um you know on juno but what what i couldn't figure out exactly is okay let's say you have this capability of a shared security system um, wh- why wouldn't a new project that has the capability, um, why wouldn't they want to spin up just their own chain, um, and, ha- and use the shared security model as opposed to build a protocol like specifically on Juno or, uh, or is it just cost or am I missing something there? No, yeah, that's actually like a really good thought. Cause it's kind of like, it almost feels like the same thing. Like, why would I do this if I can just do that? So I think it's a little bit easier to do that on Juno because you don't have to develop your kind of like your, your whole own protocol. You kind of just have like a smart contract that you just, that you just maintain, you do that, you have a token, you're on Juno. Shared security yeah. though, gives you more sovereignty. Cause whereas if you build on Juno, like as much as Juno is permissionless, you still have to like fallen lines with how juno reaches consensus and what it's able to do but when you go to shared security and start to do your own chain that's when you have just more freedom so i guess it's just more of like experimenting for one is what you can kind of do more on juno and rather than spinning up like your own whole chain and shared security that way i guess um, you'd also have to figure out how to pay for it too right exactly spinning up your own chain exactly it's going to be a more costly endeavor whereas um whereas if you're on another chain um that chain uh gets payments based on the transactions you make on that network but the barrier to entry is relatively low yeah it's kind of like how much how much infrastructure do you want to put up front do you want to rely on a lot of infrastructure that's already built for you or do you want to like just build some of the framework or do you want to have like your entire own setup you know although what what seems interesting about juno would be like if I was a protocol and, 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 uh, like some, I got really big, like, you know, I'm an airline or I'm a, you know, I'm an air, air anchor protocol or something like that. And, and it got really big. I, I wonder if maybe because they're native tokens, native cosmos tokens or coins, I should say. Um, I, I wonder if maybe that makes it easier to at some point in the future, spin up a shared, uh, a, 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 spin up your own chain, maybe as opposed to a CW20 tokens, or or maybe it's not, I don't know. Just they're throwing things out, out yeah. there. Because I'm just trying to figure out, like, ultimately, what is the vision for the cosmos, right? Like, do you, do you want to make it easier for people to spin up chains? Or do we ultimately want to make it such that people are on, like, individual smart contract platforms? And then if we do that, like, 
what sets them apart? Like what if another smart contract platform emerges, right? Like besides Juno, someone else builds yet another one. Like, is there, would there be a point to that? Or it's just like, we're just distributing too much um, energy uh, into too many places. Or what do you think? Like, or there's just room for everybody and people can just keep building shit or what are you thinking? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. Like, I think there's room for options. Like you definitely want to be able to like, like we just talked about, you don't want to just have a smart contract and build on Juno. Do you want to have shared security? Or do you want your own whole chain? I think that, you know, you want to give people the options about which route they want to take. But then, like you said, like that just also gives the ability for a million chains to be spun up and everybody have their own token and say, we're doing it the best. Um, so I think that we're going to go through a point where there's just so much spam, especially with all these airdrops that are happening that, you know, <laughs> they're, they're going to have value in the beginning. But like, is it going to be lasting value? You know, is this just something that's hype and fun in the beginning? Is it kind of like a fundraiser thing? Like, is it going to last? Um, so I think kind of like these first chains have like, you know, first mover advantage for their each little niche. But then we're going to start as it gets easier. We're going to start to see more people spin up, you know, and more people get involved. And that's where we're going to see that competition. And we'll, we will start to see some chains fall off. You know, some of the chains that we see now that we think are the, maybe the winners won't be there. Because um, you would think you would think that like uh, within any specific um uh with any specific cosmos update that it would actually be relatively easy to like copy a protocol from say for example terra if you're a developer and then you know dump it on juno for another cash grab or something yeah right because exactly. it's, it's it becomes easier and easier to copy paste because really you're talking the same uh like underlying operating system at some level um you know obviously there'll be some differences with each chain but like at at some general level it, it's got to be easier to um jump between them it is uh by the way is juno also on rust or or yeah. is most of the background programming in rust or yeah. what is it so cosmwasm is like the the native language and then cosmwasm is built around rust so it's like okay. a modified specialized rust uh, right right language yeah yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, in other words, if a builder on Terra wants to build something on Juno, it's it shouldn't be a, a big stretch. Exactly. It's probably, like you said, almost just like a copy and paste. Like some of the Ethereum, like Ethereum forks, it's all the same code. It's just they change some of the branding, a little bit of this and that, make it a little special. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, but that that's the main reason um, besides the issue of just securing lots of different... Um, like wallets and you know figuring out where custody of all your shit is you know like uh the the more kinds of ecosystems you play in um and maybe it's just because i'm getting old that's probably what it is um <laughs> like yeah i feel like i don't i'm not as resilient to keep playing on you know more and more and more things unless there's a really co something compelling and interesting on that chain that i really want to do um so I, I don't know. That's kind of been my my sense. But you guys said Strange Clans is coming to which platform? It's coming to Juno. So the Strange Clan marketplace is on Juno, but somebody else here might might correct me. But I think they're going to have their own chain because that's kind of one of the whole points of Cosmos. You know, everybody have their own chain. Because mm -hmm. um, as we've seen, like in Ethereum, any game ever that gets popular bottlenecks the whole system because it just takes up too much throughput. Um, right. Right. So Interesting. I think they'll be on its own chain. I wonder how they're funding that, like, because uh, obviously when you have your own chain, there's there's some cost associated with that for validators and everything else, right? Yeah. So I'm just curious, but anyway. Like the initial fundraiser is uh, 
they did their town hall one is what they call it their first like series of characters they already mm-hmm. minted those um and then those are already out on the marketplace and then so they they have the fundraising from that and as well as some of their trading fees that are going on in the marketplace right now I okay so some of the nft have... trading has been part of where the like between the royalties the initial sales they've got some funding yeah hmm. interesting yeah like oh yeah all of these different models are gonna be pretty fascinating and and I think the thing is, like, a lot of times the alpha, as far as being an investor and throwing a few bucks at things, uh, your, your opportunity is the best, clearly, when you're super early, right? But the problem is, is the landscape of super early shit is really, really wide. Mm-hmm. So picking which ones <laughs> of those, right, that are, that are good before everyone else is, is not so straightforward. Um, you just get, you'd have to spend a lot of time researching all these things, I guess. Yeah, yeah, there's so much popping up, you know, like BFOT popping up, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Is is this shit legit? Is it cool? Is it just, is it printing real money? Like, how long is this going to last? You know, and then there's like all these airdrops which get your attention and make you look at things. But like at some point, you only have so much time, like you said, you know, and there's, yeah, well, once you've played around enough with enough of these like derivatives ecosystems, like auto staking coins and like, you know, the bonded coins that, you know, give you yield in a slightly different way <laughs> and like mm-hmm. uh and and all these different like uh like the the y luna p luna prism thing for example like all of these things like eventually you figure it out you're like okay it's it's a system it's got a bunch of derivatives there's some interesting tokenomics between them and maybe with some game theory you can figure out how to game it make a buck off it until everyone figures out how to game it and then of course like there's no arbs left and like you know exactly yeah. <laughs> and then the fun is over <laughs> yep but you gotta get in quick. So, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Good conversation. I, I, I just, it's, it's just hard to know uh, which things to jump into and, and, and which ones not to. And in terms of like spending time. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like the solid, you know, like three, four, five, you know, that are out there that you can really focus your time onto, and then, you know, if there's others that keep you keep hearing about or seeing, and then it's like, okay, maybe I should focus some time on this. But. Yeah, what's going on, everyone? What up, Hoss? What up? Yo, Safi, what's good with uh, Kadena? <laughs> what's what do you mean? What's I happening? see you covering. I I see you covering it, and people have been showing me it for so long. I don't know, and I know they're going to eventually uh, branch over to Cosmos. So I was kind of interested in it. Been looking around. Um, their their technology is essentially a graph technology, not too different from like IOTA um where you have like a whole bunch of parallel chains like it can be like right now i think it's like 20 and it can be you could go to like a hundred thousand parallel chains but essentially infinite and um it's a proof of work system so there is that security involved with that i don't know how decentralized it really is yet but it's it's proof of work and um so think of it like proof of work like an ethereum but um a really simple easy to use uh or at least supposedly <laughs> easy to use um language called pact which is a specially designed language for that chain which is a barrier to entry in terms of development but the magic of it is it's like easy to read smart contracts so that like a lawyer or a um i don't know like a a business person could understand you know what the heck is actually happening so easy to read um and then uh it's turing incomplete so 
that reduces some of the various attack vectors for the smart contract platform. And their concept is it solves the trilemma of speed, scalability, and um, security by having like you, so if there's 20 chains, like let's say you're doing a transaction, it will hit one chain, then it'll get confirmed on two other parallel chains. If you imagine like a web work of chains and then like finality amongst the other chains will happen, you know, as time goes on, but you only have to have like finality on the, f- the most adjacent, like two steps from that, I think, which comes to like one, two, three, I think like five chains or something like that. Anyway, uh, I'm probably misstating it, but anyway, the point is it's a different tech. And um, the development team seems to be pretty competent. And they did announce that they're going to be integrating with, uh, at some point with IBC, and um, that they were going to bring in UST onto Cadenaswap. That was the stuff that kind of got me interested in looking at it. And then um, since January till now, it's been a bit slow. I think December till now, uh, when the coin price went up, like, you know, people got all hyped about it because it just sort of went through this like price cycle, um, you know, largely driven by hype and this and that. But um, the Cadenaswap uh, or Cadex, I should say, not Cadenaswap, Cadex is their exchange. Um, I think it's had some delays in terms of delivery and that has slowed things down a little bit in terms of price action. Uh, it has flattened out pretty good, though, as far as like peaking and then like, you know, bottoming out. So like most of DeFi, it has a similar kind of curve right now where um, things have read, sort of bottomed out. Things have started to move upwards today. I don't know if the spring sort of breakout is kind of a um, like a fake out for a lot of coins. And, you know, real DeFi summer will have, or, might, you know, DeFi season might happen in summer or whether things are going to take off right now. I have no idea. But it. It um, does have a lot more people following it as far as just like, so each time price pumps like it did, right? You get a bunch of new proponents, you get new bag holders, you get people that hear about it because of all the hype. And then um, and then you have a bunch of dip buyers, obviously. So you have a whole, whole group of new users every time there's a hype cycle. So that's sort of good for the thing. I mean, I know like pump and dumps sound terrible, but really like it, it brings a lot of advertising into the any particular coin as opposed to a coin that does literally nothing, which is even worse. <laughs> um, and uh, so it, that's the story. And uh, I think it uh, it uh, bottomed out at like four ish bucks or four four fifty to five bucks, and its top was like around almost twenty seven dollars. So it had made a huge pump jump uh, last time. And then um, I think some of that big jump had to do with a lot of uh, a lot of folks on Terra had quite a bit of anchor borrow power at the time. And I think just like it's easy to go to KuCoin with your UST. And I think a bunch of people just aped in using their borrowed money. So that's probably what caused a lot of that move. So there are a lot of people that are like Cosmos and Terra people that are interested in Cadena for that reason. It's just easy. It was easy to get to it. Like it was easy because UST, it was easy because of Anchor, Borrow, and it was easy because like uh, UST is easy to get to um, KuCoin where the actual coin, you know, was first found. I think you can get it on Binance now too. But so really the biggest thing with them is their teams have got to get their decks working. Um, The thing I couldn't figure out and speaking to their teams, like what I don't think they've totally figured out is how to leverage the benefits of this chain web system. Like, you know, it's more complex to develop on it 
the use cases of like specialty use cases of how you would use it are not clear. But one thing that seemed really weird to me is like each of these little chains. So like, let's say you have 20 chains. Uh, it's almost like a parachains concept in some way where the chains aren't really functioning exactly in unison. So like, uh, let's say you have three. Uh, so one of the interesting comments I heard the CADEX people make was that there's like multiple chains for the DEX, but the DEX then has to have a different liquidity pool for each chain, which I thought was really weird, right? Because so you're only interacting with each chain one at a time. So I was thinking to myself, like, okay, well, what's the use case of that? And is there some way to leverage that technology to do something really cool? And I think it's one of those situations like uh, that Steve Jobs used to talk about where like, you know, you have an interesting technology, but you don't have an actual, you haven't figured out what the use case is. <laughs> so it's not really, uh, it's not obvious that um, the, the system will work a whole lot differently than a lot of other ones if you're primarily on one chain anyway. Um, or if you have to like spread across your liquidity, how in the world do you make this useful? Um, technologically. So uh, that's where Cadena is. And I think it's a, it's among the kind of more experimental speculative plays. It looks like there's a lot of good people developing it, um, competent uh, developers and such. Uh, but because of the kind of different programming language and this and that that's going on, it's been a bit slower. Um, it's already hard to find developers. And then like on top of that, you have some obscure uh, uh, when you have an obscure language, you know, a developer really has to um, like believe in that project and really has to throw in with it. Because if that doesn't work out for a developer, right, they, they're going to waste a few years learning this language and then building something. And then there's, there's a fair amount of risk on the developer's part. And I think the fact that like Terra is built on Rust, for example, like Rust developers aren't that easy to find either, but at least... Um, it's a bona fide like top 10 programming language. So it's a little easier to find folks. And I think developers feel more comfortable too. If like, let's say you learned Rust, right? Uh, and you know, whatever project you're doing goes to shit. At least you have the skills to go do something else, right? So that's, I think the, um, that's where Cadena is right now. And um, you know, that's, that's a really, really superficial view, by the way. <laughs> like, so I'm sure there's, uh, a, a, there's a ton of information about it that, that's out there anyway no thanks for thanks for that i just honestly today probably for about an hour or so i just kind of like was digging in a little bit and you just gave me basically a crash course which i appreciate so yeah i mean i don't know i, I guess people were saying that it, it's got a good use case for gaming i don't know that's kind of, from what i was just looking yeah at there's gaming today. and nft platforms actually announced for it um and I, I forget the name of the gaming company um but yeah the the thing is ufo yeah, UFO. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, but for NFTs and gaming, um, there's already uh, things being um, created. So it's a working chain. So it's not like it's pure vaporware. Um, it's working I can say chain. some cool. Oh, sorry. I can say some cool stuff about it. Yeah, I go actually, ahead. Um, before trying to learn uh, Cosmosm, I started learning Pact. Uh, one cool thing about uh, like Pact, it's uh, not like immutable. Uh, so, like, for NFTs, and this ties back to the gaming thing, you can make, uh, like, upgradable NFT, like, smart contracts. So, uh, like, for gaming, that's super cool because you can, like, add on things. Like, you can have, like, a base, like, character NFT, right? And then keep upgrading it with, like, armor packs or, like, hel you know, like, hel helmets or different guns and, uh, you know, trade back and forth. 
really easily like now, that. Tra- now this is like an active working project on there now or what? No, no, this is like, I'm just like a use case. This is, this is why Pact is popular with uh, developers is because with Pact, you can actually have upgradable NFTs. I was like, right off the bat, that was like the first use case with, using oh because okay. um, most like uh, nfts and like smart contracts like immutable it's like once you you know put it on a blockchain it's like that's what it is unless you like upgrade it yeah so like right now if you're upgrading nft you're actually really just getting a new nft exactly this one right? would but, be but this yeah. you can like add components to it or something exactly and then one and then with the graph uh technology what's really cool is you can uh, talk to a public and private uh, blockchain, just uh, which is super cool for like institutions. Like they don't want to be like they don't want their network to be public. So that like gives a lot of incentives for people who want to be private. Obviously, yeah. To me, to me, Kadena seems like a good um, chain for finality. So like, you know, it's an inexpensive way to take like um, a bunch of transactions on, say, for example, a centralized stock market application or something like that. And then, you know, you can get you essentially get fast finality, um, but you don't necessarily have to have everything running on chain. So you it's a good way to blend in ultimately um, like a centralized system, but then use what leverage whatever benefits you think a blockchain has for your particular company and also get the speed necessary to make it happen and you know if it's not fast enough i guess they would spin up a you know bigger chain web and whatnot and i don't even know technically what that requires in terms of increased processing power and whatever but uh it seems like uh they they have a system now the other thing that i couldn't figure out long term how that would make it work is i couldn't figure out how they're planning long-term uh, funding these kind of like free transactions and whatnot. And I, and the other answer I didn't get, cause that's one of the interesting things about Cadena is it's super cheap. It's supposed to be like, you know, essentially free for who knows how long subsidized for the decks. So if it's, if it's close to free, I, I wasn't sure how they prevent like spam attacks and stuff like that too. So th- there were some questions I had about it, but. I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah, when there's free transactions, that's huge with the with the spam attacks. I know with Osmosis, we were dealing with that over there because we start getting that. You know, people just start spamming transactions, or something happens. Like one time, we had uh, Stargaze had uh, an airdrop, and they they weren't ready for it. Not Osmosis wasn't, but like they had issues with their relayers, and then people were just spamming five thousand times each person's trying to dump their their uh airdrop or whatever they were trying to do so then it it just caused a mess and then uh, hey, you know uh i had a question for you guys now actually while we're talking about like um <laughs> transactions real quick something popped up um when we were building like some bots and things that i had a question about um what is the f- currently on osmosis um what is the transaction fee generally for most transactions on a percent basis is it like less than 0.3 percent or more do you guys know so i know it's totally off the beaten path here but no like just basically swap fees like most of swap fees are 0.2 percent like that's like the straight up swap fee but that's that's about it i know that there's some sort of implementation because 
for uh slippage like they're trying to run all the pools through osmosis pools so like if you just try to do like a random swap with you know like uh luna and so some random pool that you know random token they're trying to run it through there so there's less less fees and stuff like that but yeah the reason I, the only reason i'm asking is because like it would be it'd be really nice to be able to do some kind of uh automated trading platform and i think 0.2 percent fees probably works because if you account for maybe another 0.1 percent slippage uh you probably come out okay at about 0.3 percent total uh and then um if you could do this with like liquid stoke liquid staked tokens where you're still getting your yields but you're able to trade against you know different pairs that's sort of like the magic money printing machine that i've that like i'd like to have built somewhere i just don't know uh like I, I don't i don't know how that gets done <laughs> but yeah. it sounds like it has a lower fee structure than like ask report right now yeah there's not too many pools that have higher like high fees but i mean with osmosis i know it's a little off topic but they're they're gonna have smart contracts there's gonna be borrowing lending and leverage trading and all types of stuff there's gonna try, most likely there's gonna be like two interfaces kind of like how coinbase has coinbase and they have coinbase pro for someone that's like a dgen that like myself that does a bunch of transactions you can opt into like osmosis pro and do leverage trading and borrowing lending and you know you could take out positions against your lp position and you know like as a collateral and stuff like that so i'm looking forward to that and i know eventually there will there will be fees on osmosis but you'll be able to you'll you'll be able to use any token that you want for for the gas fee so to speak so like you can literally use any any token that's on there for a fee so that's going to be pretty cool. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense actually. Because like, let's say the the price of a token is up, you know, you might want to use that for fees. <laughs> as yeah, opposed exactly. to using some token that's down, or or just use UST, obviously. Well, yeah, and then and then there's going to eventually be Ethereum, and everyone's going to be on there. So it's like, okay, well, you're brand new, and you're you're bringing over like Solana or whatever. Well, you could just use Soul for the fee, or you know, Cardano, like whatever, whatever's you know, whatever's going to be on there. So it's going to be pretty neat. I know there. I, I'm I'm biased. I just think it's the best DAX, and I, I think that not only is it the best DAX, but it's going to compete against like centralized exchanges. And so I just I just imagine that one day in the future where it doesn't even matter if there's Osmo rewards per pool. Like you're just going to be eating up swap fees. I just can see like billions of dollars flowing in and out. I mean um just like yeah, no exactly uniswap uniswap's a piece of crap and there's you know there's billions of dollars flowing in and out of that so like i don't see why osmosis can't be the same way but obviously yeah. be 100 times better some of the most important most uh interesting dexes right now are really osmosis and astroport really yeah i'm trying to get more familiar that's why i've been tuning into your shows about i just was listening and you were just on with uh you guys were talking about some different um financial instruments and tools to use on terra zika so some right now for me with terra i just basically just stake luna just straight up but eventually i'd like to do more than just that i've been kind of messing around on all all the decks and looking around yeah i mean astroport i would say is a pretty worthy um uh, a worthy token system that basically copies the elements of uniswap curve uh it creates a system that like Ultimately, you end up getting like a convex, which would be retrograde money in the case of Terra. So tokenomics uh, are built for a pretty good demand for the Astro token, the best way to describe this, and pretty good like 
um, reasons for people to want to hold their emissions, et cetera, to prevent like crazy selling and that kind of thing. So it's, it's, it's super interesting and it's definitely something where they've learned a lot from a lot of other platforms. And, um, because Delphi digital, you know, they don't really monkey around They do their research, which is always, um, you know, and, and their products generally are high quality in the sense that like anything that they back, they're usually attracting really good developers to their, um, you know, incubated projects or whatever you want to call them. So you, we've definitely come to expect quality out of them. I know people bitch about VCs and this and that, but, you know, call it what you want. But like the reality is, is that, you know, smart developers want to get paid and they want to get paid like not vaporware money, but real money. <laughs> and then, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. you know, and, and uh, people that have you know, gone through the hard knocks of, getting screwed on different protocols, seeing what didn't work, what worked, you know, really high grade expertise to me is its own reason to get into something. And unfortunately there is an element of, I guess, centralization that is a result of that. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not one of these people that's convinced everything that has to be ultra decent, like ultra decentralized because you're, you're always presuming that like the best talent will only show up at, you know, decentralized sort of projects and that's not always true so anyway that's kind of my theory well, there i was gonna ask you i mean tomorrow we're uh gonna have one persistence team i think someone's stopping from anchor and then i have sienna Lynn, but i'm interested in b adam i know there's gonna i'm I'm very interested in b adam and adam pools like how, how you guys have b luna and luna that'd be nice to be able to have better yields than just stake an atom per, by itself, but also be able to get action and not have to lock it up uh, in in certain pools. So I don't, I don't look to be honest with you. I'm not a, like an anchor expert at all. The atom's really simple. It just takes your atom and it's going to convert it to UST instead of paying you an atom like you get on Kepler or Cosmos Station now. Um, okay. so uh, why would that be useful? Um, well, it'd be useful because. One, obviously, you can just let your UST accumulate. And where it does is it, so if you have B Atom on Terra, it, if you go to Anchor Protocol and there's a B Asset section and you just click a button, it'll show you how much is accruing in UST. And you can use that UST like um, for whatever the hell you want. So let's say you're watching Atom's price and you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to hold my UST because it's, Adam's gone up a lot and I don't want to like just get more Adam tokens. I want to get UST and then Adam drops. Right. And then you can use your UST and buy Adam when you feel like it, as opposed to just simply being issued Adam. So uh, it's just a different type of like DCA you could do. And then the second thing you can do with bonded Adam is you can provide it as collateral on anchor protocol to borrow off it. But the problem with that is like, um, one is anchors, I mean, sorry, Adam's price tends to not go up as much because it's an inflationary token. And secondly, um, it, it, uh, the yield is relatively high, right? It's like something like 15% right now, something like that. And why would you want to give up 15% yield to borrow off of your coin? I don't know. It, 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 I guess there are going to be people that want to do that, obviously, but um, it's not the most obvious use case to me of a of a high inflationary coin. I almost would rather either have it as a cash flow source or just auto compound the thing, right? Like, I don't know. What do you do with your atom now? 
Do you yeah, trade I mean, when you stake it? What do you do? I mean, for the most part, I stake a little bit of Adam, but I mean, I'm mainly in the Adam and Osmo pool because they run together pretty well for the most part. I mean, a lot, for, for a long time, Osmo was outperforming Adam, and now Adam's been outperforming Osmo recently. But it, with, with that and then super fluid stake, and I, I think pool one is just like a, st- a solid option. And, and not only that, like I don't, none of us really that are in crypto really yield farm for airdrops, but even uh, pool one has been used in multiple snapshots. So I got all kinds of different tokens like Sawmillier and a bunch of other ones used like, like pool one. So I mean, I got free money for that too. But I have a yeah. I have a pretty sizable chunk of Adam. I haven't gone and like claimed all my shit. Is there a lot of stuff to claim right now, or what? Yeah, you probably have. Oh, a, you definitely. probably have quite you a few. Yeah, I got I got one called like Bitsong or something. Yeah, it's like a it's it's basically it, a token for for like musicians. Like they're gonna be so like if you're a musician and you want to have like your own community and have your own token, you're gonna use like Bitsong, and then you could just airdrop into like osmosis i think bitsong is actually gonna like this part of it's actually gonna be built on osmosis it's gonna be technically like the first thing that's built on it as like an application i don't know if it's just waiting for smart contracts or not but yeah you probably have a shitload like to be honest with you i'm not real big into staking adam like i out of all my tokens that i stake like adam is kind of at the bottom not because it's only 16 percent. it's just that i like pool one and I don't see the price right now running to where I think it's going to go after shared security. So like before I know that's going to be kind of dropping, so to speak, that's when I'm going to pump, probably put a bunch into Adam personally. So that's why I was interested with the B Adam, because I think shared security is more towards the beginning of next year when it's probably going to start. And I think that's going to be like a really big thing for Adam's token appreciation. So I'm going to probably bump in right before that. Well, any any coin that's an inflationary coin, the way to buy it, number one, is clearly dynamic DCA. There's no mm-hmm. question about it. Like, in other words, the lower lower the price goes, the more you get by orders of magnitude. And the reason is because um, when the coin price goes back up eventually and stabilizes, then you you your yield is paid in kind, so you, you wind up with a much higher yield. So, like, my atom, I think, is, like, probably at a... $12 price average. It's sitting at like 31 right now. But my, so my yield is effectively like a 30% APY right now if, based on the price that I paid for it. Right. So that's how you think of those inflationary tokens. I just, um, I, I'm just curious, like wh- where Adam goes with shared security. Does it like, does it moon? Does it, um, you know, like what? And, and part of why it maintains its value, even though it doesn't really do anything really yet is because it's just on so many uh, exchanges, right? So there's this tendency to just have like speculators just push buttons and people buy stuff just randomly um, to some extent. So I don't know. Well, yeah, that's that. And honestly, I can't tell you how many people just because they're, I don't want to say brainwashed, but they're so used to, okay, well, I was in the Ethereum ecosystem. I need, I need Adam now for gas. And that's not how it works. Like, I can't tell you. I've been helping with osmosis really since it, it launched practically, but really... November-ish is when it, you know, really, really started digging in with osmosis. I can't tell you how many people I spoke to 
either in DMs or whatever, uh, that, that thought you needed the Atom token for like gas throughout the whole entire ecosystem. And like, so probably a lot of people just bought it for that premise. They're like, hey, I need this because I, I want to go over and buy Atom or, or I mean, Osmo or these other tokens. And it's like, no, you, that's not how it works. Like, you don't need that for that. Either like, gas, you know how a lot of people are, they, they just, um, they hop onto Coinbase or some shit and they're like, oh, look, um, I'm going to invest in CoinX, right? Like, they don't have any idea what it does. They're not interested in staking it. They're just literally speculating on it, and that's it. So there's some of these coins like maintain their value for quite some time as a result of those things. But the big moves um, in crypto are clearly based on narratives. So if you get to this situation where like shared security is coming out, and you know there's some hype being developed around that, and it looks like there's a strong value accrual mechanism for Adam, then I think it starts to soar. Um, outside of that, it's just really hard to tell how many people are going to throw a lot of money into it right now, especially with Juno being like uh, a relative. So in other words, if you have a relatively small market cap coin that you want to throw some money at, like it would seem to be an Osmo or a Juno, right? It wouldn't necessarily be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to throw money at Adam, which is already at a higher market cap. I, I, I don't know that people in the ecosystem are like aping into that at this point. What do you think? No, I don't think so. I mean, a, a lot of people, you know, they they love Adam. I mean, it's not like I don't have anything against it. Like I said, most of my Adam, I would say over 90% of my Adam is essentially in Adam and Osmo pool. And because a lot of times they run together and it's just, it's juicy. And there's so many swaps that that's the main, that's the main pool. So it's like, although just, I would say I should have done that shit a long time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. As man, opposed like, to simple staking. Oh yeah, like I'm not trying to one up anyone, but it's like I got, I got Osmo. Most of my Osmo, my main position was under a dollar fifty. I got most of my Adam at like seven ish to ten, and I, you know, I to be honest with you, I really don't I, with my rewards. I recompound, but it's not like I'm just like putting in a bunch of fiat after that. And same thing with Juno. So one of the guys I work with, he was just shilling the shit out of Juno forever. And I just thought it was just like a copy and paste. I'm like, oh, they're just copying and pasting. Like, I don't know if I want to get really involved. He's like, no, man, it's going to be huge. Like, you should get some. So I just honestly, from his shilling me, I got practically all my Juno when it was less than one Osmo. And at the time, it was like $4. So like Os Osmo was like maybe 4 dollars or $5. I can't remember exactly what the price of Osmo was at the time. But Juno came on uh, Osmosis, and it was like $4. And I just was like, whatever. I got this munch right here. I don't care if I lose it all. And it was a nice bag. And then I just literally kept it in the Osmo and Juno pool because there were so many high external incentives. And the, the pool was ridiculous for so long. It's still ridiculous. But um, And then I grabbed a bunch of it before I knew the up, the up, the upgrade was. I staked a bunch of it. And luckily, I, I voted on pretty much everything except for one prop and i got that uh netta airdrop and the netta airdrop at the time i think i got like 12 of them or something for for nothing and each one of them was like over a thousand dollars so it was just like for no reason you know it's just like all right yeah, thank also, you. <laughs> there, there is an element of like where there's smoke there's fire kind of a situation with some of the um projects that emerge you know it's Oftentimes, if a lot of people are discussing it, it's because there is something interesting going on. Um, you know, although that doesn't necessarily mean that coins can't like pump a lot and then dump a lot too. <laughs> so it, it, uh, you, you know, I, I look at it this way if a coin price can pump a lot, 
dump and then pump again and then break prior all-time high, it usually means there's something going on there, right? If if there's a single pump and dump and that's, you know, uh, then it's more concerning. So I think one general rule people can follow if they want to like, you know, mark up a chart and, you know, and some new coins is you look at the big major um, bull market move and then you just literally just take that price and you mark that as a like, you know, at least on trading view, you can just like put a put a price line on that and you can set an alarm and it will just ring you. And if you eventually break that, then you know that there's actual fire there, right? Because most things, if they if they pump, they dump, and then they just die, right? And then the ones that finally break out, break all time high, then it's sort of like tells you the community has decided usually this tells you the community has decided there's something real here it's kind of how i look at it unless it's unless it's cardano then you're just (laughs) i I literally don't know like i just don't like i just don't understand it i don't get it like there's so much going on in the world with with these tax and and their market cap i I just don't understand it i if someone could explain it to me how their market cap is that high i would just like with a rational decision i think i listened to your show last week and there was a guy that came on and, and he he was making no sense but he was trying to defend because you you kind of ripped a little bit into cardano being like vaporware and he he came on and he was being cool about it but he was just like i don't know he's like i'm just always so worried about security and it just seems like they're so secure and i'm thinking to myself dude like it doesn't even do anything i don't understand how you can use that as a point well, i guess there's it, it it has like some different things now nfts and this and that um so i and there's a lot of developers doing stuff. They have this like these big roadmap charts, you know, you know, with all the little graphics and shit. Um, I have you got has anybody here actually used it and found something useful there? I guess is the big question. You know, they they tend to <laughs> they tend to dump on Cosmos because like we don't have enough validators. It's not decentralized enough, is their theory, right? Like, oh, Terra only has 130 validators, and you know uh osmosis has only so many and blah 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 right that's their that's their gripe generally <laughs> that it's insufficiently decentralized but then um you know i i guess their theory is it's going to be like one big ass chain with some finality it's not going to be that quick but then they're going to have like this layer two like hydra solution apparently which i think is still in some kind of long development stage and i don't know i don't but so uh, yes. before I forget my train of thought, for, for everyone listening, <laughs> we got a Cardano well, discussion. <laughs> well, no, because this is a really good point that you made. You kind of gave him a rebuttal for this, and I remember this very good because it resonated with me. And I already had the same thought beforehand, so it was like I don't want to say two great minds think alike, but you said this perfectly because the guy tried to use about like Africa or whatnot, some sort of country over there, and you're like, well, why wouldn't they just start their own blockchain on Cosmos and have their own validator set and basically just use the technology? I think that's what you said. And I was like, that was, that's a great point because you can spin up your own. It's not that it's easy, but you know, if you have enough smart people, you can start your own chain on Cosmos and it could be your own validator set. And then, well, I I think one of the deals is they're, they're trying to make it possible to do some kind of like on-chain identity you know, KYC so that you can bring in like um, actual real world, um, let's say, you know, governmental or corporate transactions that require KYC. And I get it. I understand 
why that capability they're trying to build into it and such. But um, I don't know. I it's I, the thing I wonder about that whole ecosystem is whether it's just like too little, too late. Maybe I don't. I don't know if the someone would have to like dig in there and clarify whether the tech makes any sense. I don't really know. Like I don't, don't want Like I, it, you. It, all I know is that like ultimately, if the chain does what I I need it to, and it has some core functions of finance. Uh, you don't need the damn thing to like run the whole planet. It just needs to run my life, right? Like I don't need. <laughs> so I think uh, I don't know. I it, I have no idea. I, I think the thing is, uh, one of you fuckers needs to go and like build up a Cardano wallet, take some money, and go play on there and like report back what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was thinking about doing it just just with just a little bit of money, just to mess around. But then I'm like, what's the even upside? Maybe I can use some mercenary capital. Like I was thinking about whenever. Uh, when Sunday Swap was going to launch, I was thinking maybe I'll just take some mercenary over there and just eat up some rewards and then just basically take my money on break even and just let the rest of it sit there forever and just mess, you know, use it for whatever, just to have fun. <laughs> although, I mean, I would say, although I would say an Achilles heel of any of these um, inflationary systems, uh, you know, you saw the argument I made about inflationary systems. Um, I, Inflationary systems essentially give you endless money to technically short that chain. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, <laughs> I, a, I totally agree. That. Well, that's why you weird be a mercenary. <laughs> which is a weird problem. If you think about it, like, okay, so let's say you had a million bucks of, um, I don't know, Adam, right? And you were getting rewards on this thing. And then, you know, let's say Adam goes to like the next FIB extension, like 80 bucks conceivably if you wanted to um not only could you sell your yield at a local top if you wanted to right but you could then use that cash to go and take a short position like a freaking 10x long using essentially money that you're just sort of given and um you know yeah. create havoc for that chain <laughs> so, no you definitely could yeah this sure. is a real like you know I, so i understand why chains are inflationary i understand what the point of all that is i get it but i just don't see how an efficient capital system doesn't eventually just take advantage of that like i can't be the first one to have thought of this right like like and a lot of people you know when they talk about their chains and they talk about like DeFi. i mean that's what they're literally using the quote-unquote cash flow for right they're taking the yields from some things they're selling them or going buying some other shit right they're just running around in circles with the money and um sort of like you know some people are diversifying with it right you might take your atom yields and go hey look luna's cheap today i'm gonna get a little bit of that or or you know i take my luna yields right now and i'm like ooh, uh, uh you know I'm I'm taking my Luna Bondi Luna. I'm parking it on Astroport and I'm farming Astro tokens with with the yield, sort of right. So you, you know, there's this kind of ongoing concept of taking yields you've gotten and using it for something. And the only problem with it is like your ecosystem is not closed, right? Your Cardano or whatever 
it'd be one thing to say like the, the entire planet lived on Cardano. It has an inflationary reward system. You're benefited from staking it or Atom or, you know, just name your inflationary coin. It doesn't like, there's no need to like single out one, one inflationary coin. But so the inflationary coin, presumably if you're in a closed system, right, then the, the economy of that would work. What I'm not so sure, like developers and tokenomics designers of these programs have really thought out carefully is, you know, these aren't closed systems. You could take your Cardano yield and you can go buy Atom with it. You could go take your Atom yield and go buy Osmo with it, right? You can do whatever the hell you want with it. So in that non-closed system and with, with capital sort of going to the most efficient places, um, you know, uh, like I, I, I wasn't sure I fully got this maybe like early last year when I sort of like was really starting to get into this uh, in the DeFi side of things. But then when I saw what happened to Luna, I'm like, OK, my thesis has been sort of like uh, my, my thesis has played out because ultimately the deflationary coin with the non-inflationary yields ends up just keep going. It just becomes an up only token. Not only that, but there's yeah, there's an aggressive burn mechanism. So that makes up for it. And I don't feel highly compelled to take my Luna yields and pour them into Atom compared to take my Atom yields and pouring them into Luna, right? So if, I, and I can't be the only one thinking this way, right? Like if, what do you guys do with your inflationary yield tokens? What do you buy with them? I mean, right? do, you, do you just recently, auto compound? Yeah, recently I've been buying a lot of Luna because <laughs> I think Luna is, I mean, I just don't see any way unless the world's going to end where Luna doesn't at least like two and a half X. Like I just, like you know in the short term in the short term yeah of course like i just don't see how this time next year conservatively like luna's not sitting at like 300 dollars a token i just i don't yeah no i I think 300 dollars a token is this summer actually i don't i don't even think it takes that no yeah but the way i do i the way i do everything i just do like just sure sell my go low and then anything over that but like so like i i do the math and i'm like all right this is how much i need to be chilling if it goes to 300 like so I, I do think that as well. Like I think in the summertime it goes to three hundred, but I'm just like, all right, this time next year, worst case, I feel Luna goes to three. So it's like, I why why not just keep stacking Luna right now? You know, I don't know. Yeah, there's so that that's the thing in in the universe of ideas. Uh, I I think the best ones tend to, you know, it's like the you know the cream rises to the top kind of thing. Um, and I think uh, last year, the year before that. You know, a lot of the people that have taken their licks in DeFi and have gotten the shit kicked out of them in various LP positions and things like that, um, you know, people have, at least the pros, in a sense, have learned their lesson. The big money, the smart money have, like, learned their lessons about what's useful, what isn't. And I think it's um, it's going to be harder and harder to find, get money to flow into shit projects, hopefully. There will always be scammers and other, you know, some random, you know, rent seekers showing up you know, building bullshit projects, obviously. But for the most part, I think people are going to be savvy to um, avoid a lot of that BS, right? At least the big money. And that's the thing. Like, if you want something that's going to go up a lot, you need to attract the smart money, not just like just random retail people that are just pushing buttons on Coinbase and shit, right? So I don't know. I, I I'm having a harder and harder time um, maybe finding really, really good blue chip level projects. And, and, and I, I don't know, 
you've, you know, maybe, maybe I don't need to go look for many more of them. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, I basically just try to find tokens that actually can have a real, real utility. Like, like I'm secret, like, like secret does, you know, like Luna, like I just go for the tokens. I mean, I think Osmo will, because I think it's going to be like this, but I've, I've always think it's going to be like the financial hub of, of, of Cosmos. I just see it. I've always thought that I still will keep thinking that, and I'm not worried about other DEXs that come out. I think they're just, it'll just be mercenary capital for them, but everyone's going to flow back into osmosis. So I, mm-hmm. I, I'm firm on Osmo. I'm firm on Luna. I don't stake much Adam. Not that I'm not bullish on Adam, but like I, I'm, the, I'm the yeah, I have a little position, I'm, little, little position. Um, I'm growing my Luna position by the day. And yeah, I mean, I, I stake a lot of secret too, because I think it has a lot of utility for like real cases in the real world, because you know, I'm I'm just a firm believer that the way it's constructed right now. So, if you were a hedge fund, or if I was a hedge fund, or whatnot, we're we we shouldn't have to be able to. We should be able to be a little bit private, at least for the first quarter, and then then we can release our information. So, I think like the secret token will be used for all kind of different things, and data, and securing data, and sending data. Well, the the most the really the most obvious use case for like a, a very obvious use case for secret is essentially the the your secret wallet becomes a trading etf like for example let's say you a million dollars goes into your secret wallet um and uh you can actually verify that you know that went to secret you just don't know what happened within secret right so once um so once you've gotten inside of secret so let's say for example you had a you did a bunch of trading and your million dollars became $10 million, and you exited that wallet. As far as the universe is concerned, none of that shit's verifiable, right? A million went in, 10 million came out, you have 9 million in capital gains, and all the shit that happened in between, nobody can prove one way or the other what happened there, right? It's as simple as that. And therefore, your tax would be on the 9 million that you gained, presumably, and yeah. that would be that. So that, that's it. Like that's the that's the nature of it. And yeah, I, and that's one of the reasons. Since I mean, before even Secret was even on Osmosis, I've always liked Secret because I'm from the I'm from the the basically the financial side of things, and I'm a tax accountant and all that. And I just know that people that have money aren't going to want to be able to, to to invest in crypto and have every single transaction. So literally, everyone in the world can see it because if you have competitors. They could just copy and paste what your what your, what your investment strategy is, and that's just not sustainable. There's all kind yeah. of different use cases, like even governance. So, like Prop 16 with Juno was a complete mess. People were having pitchforks out there and just bashing everyone. Well, if you had if you had private governance, just like the real world, you don't you know you have private voting. That would be a good use case for it. it's like okay, you voted for whatever prop. And then if they wanted to release the information, just like the, the validator, so to speak, they're like, all right, this validator voted this way, or he didn't vote at all, or she didn't vote at all, or whatever, then you can release that. But like, that's another utility. So like, I try to just stick with tokens that I can see, like that actually have like utility in the future, not just like you're saying, like a hyperinflationary token, just invest in it. And then that's basically it. But isn't it, isn't it weird? Like though, from a, like, think of this from a, the, 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 the tax trading angle like the entire system screws the consumer trader versus corporate. Um, Like think about it this way. Like you've got, um, so if you're on a public blockchain like Terra and theoretically you did a bunch of transactions on it, 
and um, you went in and out of LPs, you sold things, you bought things, blah, 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 right? You, you technically, every one of those things represents some sort of taxable event, right? On the other hand, if you're, if you're inside of an LP and you're issued an LP token, even though the machine in the background is like trading UST, it's trading your token or whatever your pairs are, um, all this shit's going on. But none of those transactions get taxed because the only thing the blockchain sees is the LP token, right? Yep. How is that any different than your wallet just at, at writ large, right? Like a bunch of shit happens within your wallet. Um, you know, like ultimately whose business is of what happens inside your wallet? Ultimately, if you, you know, money goes in and money comes out, I guess, you know, theoretically, how is anyone going to figure out what the taxation is, especially if more automated ETF style bots get created and, you know, you go into a vault, you're issued like the vault token, the value of the vault goes up like 2x and now your thing is worth double, but all the trading that happened in between um, is completely obfuscated, right? And yeah. with Secret, it's literally the everything that goes into the vault or into your wallet is obfuscated. You can trade, you can do whatever the hell you want. It makes way more sense to do trading inside of Secret than to do it anywhere else, because technically then what goes into your wallet, what goes out of your wallet. If you think that people are actually going to be held responsible for what happens inside of Secret, get out of here. That's, yeah, like, saying, uh, that's yeah. like saying you're being held responsible for what happens inside of an LP. Who gives? Who the hell, who the hell knows? Exactly. And I, like I said, I'm a tax account, so I have experience with the government and and outs in the public and private so like they're they're just so far behind as it is and now you're going to try to say okay well Sefi did seven thousand transactions in two months and then we got to figure out exactly what the tax is for that like good luck you know like there's no, <laughs> even right now like it'll it takes them so long like if, if you file your tax return and it's just like a basic w2 and maybe like a 1099 and that's it it takes them literally months just to, just to you know, process it. And now you're going to have, say, millions and millions of people doing thousands and thousands of transactions in crypto. Like, they'll never yeah. get anything done. I'll, I'll send them my million transactions. Like, you know. It's yeah, they, big, they just need to make it simple. All like, <laughs> yeah, just what you start, just, just basically the cost recovery method. Whatever you start with, that's your, that's your initial buy. And then whatever you get after that, no matter how you get to the, to the mountaintop, doesn't matter that's what you pay the tax on not you know that's just how it should be okay you started with one mil you, you got up to 10 you got to pay the tax on nine mil and then call it a day i don't care if you did seven thousand transactions one transaction 50 million transaction doesn't matter exactly. exactly it's just you you want you put your money on coinbase and you cashed out the fiat or whatever there's your tax and leave me alone or, you know, other ways around it. Move to move to Puerto Rico and do and pay 4%. I have no idea. Anyway, I just gifted my entire wallet to um, a family member overseas anyway. So it makes no difference. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> like, just, I mean, just reporting the gift and just fuck it. Like you, you can, <laughs> you can, you can, you know, you can give substantial like lifetime amounts anyway. So it's like, whatever. Yeah. So just, you know, this wallet belongs to such and such. They're going to report it in their own whatever. Yeah, you know? there's so many ways around. Like you could just open up a charitable, charitable remainder trust and basically just donate it to whatever cause you want and just take out an annuity for 20 years on it and just pay regular personal income tax too so you don't get screwed with all that capital gains. Like there's so many ways around it. I mean, it is what it is. It's just, <laughs> it's just crazy. Like you should, like it should just be okay, whatever. Crypto's here. 
you you whatever your initial buy is your initial buy and whatever you cash out is you cash out and that's but it. to but to the point like that but secret network is we were, what we were talking about like that's one practical application the other one would be like um you know for example if you buy an nft um and you use that nft in public no one's going to know it's in your wallet just because you have an nft yep. that's unique that's another example of a privacy scenario yeah, we're, I'm actually working on a project with Secret, and it's kind of what you're just saying right there. It's one of the, like the niches that we're working on. But yeah, like you can, there's so much utility with it because you can legitimately host like events. And since we're on Secret Network, it could be you know you can go by just scanning your your QR code, and we don't even know who you are, but you're allowed in, you're allowed into that party or whatever the the event because you have that NFT or whatever the sort of buy-in is to, to get in. And now that doesn't mean every single person there knows like, Oh, well, this person has, he has 50,000 secrets. And you know, yeah, you no, know, like that shit's not, that's not going to fly. It's not a, that's just not sustainable. It's a, it really isn't like I get people to come into osmosis chat. They're like, Hey, what's, you know, like who's, who's doing the most transactions in here and they want to find out and then just like, stalk the people like that's just to me that's no one's business it's like <laughs> it's, like, it's yeah. just no one's business like, you're trying to copy paste their their strategies and stuff well exactly and like another use case that i always say is i do you know like ust i love ust but it's like say you know you and i went to high school together and i haven't seen you in 20 years and then we go to a ball game and buy like a a hamburger and a hot dog and whatever and it's like a hundred dollars and i'm like hey, i got you buddy like and i just use my ust well, they, they could possibly know every single transaction I've ever done. And every time I see you in the future, it's like, nah, he, he got me. He's worth this much. Like, that's not, like, <laughs> that's not how it should be. That's not real. Like, it's just, that's not real. <laughs> no. Yeah. The privacy layer for, for payments is an obvious, that's a, that's just obvious. So I wonder if ultimately secret's going to be able to build out a system where they're going to be able to provide like secret as a service almost like for people on Terra or whatever, they can get their UST in and out of there. They can get quickly to a privacy layer and they just charge a fee for it or something. Even like, even if you don't really need to do a lot of shit on the secret network specifically, you could yeah. at least transact through it and then use it as a, um, you know, like a, uh, you know, a washing mechanism. Cause otherwise how am I going to pay somebody with money otherwise, like without, you know, without having to then go to like some kind of centralized exchange and do some kind of swap there. And I don't even know how, I don't even know how obscure that is necessarily. It just gets hard. Well, yeah, I think with the smart contracts, that could easily be a functionality. Like you could be on like you're saying Astroport and then you could just click a button that says like send, send S Luna, you know, to one wallet and you just interact and pay like a small gas, like a small fee that maybe they even let you pay in their fee and they just convert it over to you know, like they have a reserve or something with secret and they just like convert it over for you just in case you didn't even have secret. And then boom, you can send yeah. it. You, like, just I, add you, know, like, you just add your second wallet address and then you're on your way. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. Like that's just the, that's why I like invest in it because I think it actually has like legit utility. It's not just a privacy coin. It's like a private, it's literally a, a you know, just a whole entire planet, so to speak, where you can interact with different functionalities. And then obviously like the data aspect of it too, like Jackal has, um, data. It's basically just to store data, and it'll it'll be decentralized, and just there's so many different utilities for it that, that I'm really yeah, interested and, and it's and it's particularly bullish because you can use with like you can connect to it with osmosis, you can connect to it ultimately with um like a Thor chain possibly, and um, when you have these uh, possibilities of um. It, 
you know, where let's say, for example, Secrets Coin gets banned on some centralized exchange, right? Um, I don't even know if it's on many centralized exchanges right now in the U.S. At least I don't think it's it just is. it just got on Kraken and then someone else something else. So that those are American. Uh, yeah, American. So what I'm saying is if it if it got banned for some reason, uh, it wouldn't matter because you could still get there via like UST or something. Oh yeah, I know they're on Loop Finance. I know Loop's small right now, but they're on Loop right now, and then uh, you know they they'll make their way around. So yeah, I mean, it's just a it's a to me it's a bull. I think we got like mass muted there for a second. <laughs> I thought we got mass rugged. <laughs> we have the connection issues. That happens sometimes too. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. Anyway, the good conversation. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think folks here had questions or something or whatever. It's just <laughs> sort of hogging the floor here a little bit. Sorry. Yeah, man. Thanks. thanks for stopping by. Yeah. For sure, man. Uh, we just had degenerate in here. I uh, I hope he comes back because he uh, just had his cleared on his house. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. I think right there they got rugged and another space started, which will be coming in the next episode. That was the first part of what the fought B fought G fought S fought IBC gang lounge. Take a shot every time Haas says osmosis. Recorded on Saturday, April 2nd, 2022. This episode of The Ether was brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Visit OC's What We Do page using the link in the show notes to take advantage of some of their other educational resources, including weekly meetups to discuss Terra protocols, strategies, and concepts, the Terra Luna Intel report on Telegram, and YouTube explainer videos on Terra concepts. You can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or redelegating delegating your Luna. Find out more at orbitalcommand.io. This episode of the Ether was also brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. a book, yo, I'll learn something nifty. The CIA was feeding people acid in the 50s. Some people knew it, most of them didn't. It was like a little game they invented. Sandos had the plug, it was all about the research. Gotta get turned on, hollering me first. Government reaction is always kinda knee-jerk. Not exactly what I'd like to see out of my leaders. Zen lunatics trying to see the other side. Everybody likes to hide and seek when the dose is high. Paranoid like, people are watching me. Well that's because, people are watching, see? If DMT is the Niagara of epiphanous beauty and psilocybin treats your mind like a movie. LSD wasn't the mind control they wanted so they kept designing different drugs to haunt us. You are an explorer, and you represent our species, and the greatest good you can do is to bring back a new idea, because our world is endangered by the absence of good ideas. Our world is in crisis because of the absence of consciousness.
another night in the cabin, camping. Three drops hitting each tongue, like, well, that happened. Feeling like a weird alien on this planet. I'm just passing through, staring at these inhabitants. They didn't know provocateurs infiltrating, lock your doors, trying to start a quiet riot so they could mop the floors. Used to sway the forage, waiting for the drum roll. And that's what happens when cutthroats get all the control. Acting all manic, the passion is frantic. The visuals are magic, so let your mind brandish this little weapon of mass dysfunction. Red Dawn down, now we're tripping with the Russians. Reading in a book, yo, I learned something nifty. The CIA was feeding people acid in the 50s. Some people knew it, most of them didn't. And you wonder why we harbor such resentment. Dicks. My notion of what the psychedelic experience is for is that we each must become like a fisherman and go out onto the dark ocean of mind and let your nets down into that sea. Exactly fits your nostril and stuff like that. Tempest spaces.